0: often in the pulpit, but it's a real honor to be here and um, to share with you a little bit uh, this week and next week. We're going to be looking this week at Psalm 128, next week at Psalm 129, and they show two very different types of seasons that our lives can be in and our hearts can be in when we come to the Lord. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story to help me tell you a little bit about his story. Uh, I grew up in a home where my parents didn't go to church. My dad didn't really believe in God. That changed later in life, but he didn't at that time. And so my parents would take us to church and drop us off and pick us up when it was over. So church was something my sister and I did uh, together. And I remember being attracted to Jesus from an early age just thinking, this is the kindest, nicest, most wonderful human being I've ever heard about. But I really didn't understand much of the gospel or what. I didn't understand forgiveness. I just kind of thought, it's be a nice guy, join the Y, uh, follow the golden rule, and stay, God will sweep little things under the carpet, stay away from big things, and you'll be good. And that worked for me till I was about 16. And then I got involved in what to me seemed to be big things, and at that point, I'm like, I'm out of ideas. I'm really depressed, I'm really scared about eternity, all of this, and I got invited To a Sadie Hawkins Valentine's dinner put on by a Pentecostal church at the Holiday Inn in Corinth, Mississippi. (laughs) And it was the way weather is there in February. It was cold and gray and rainy and I went into the dinner and that's just the way I felt on the inside too. And I don't even remember what the guy talked about, but what I do remember is that it got through to me for the first time that God doesn't sweep anything under the carpet but big little in between Jesus paid for it all and I felt like 80 pounds of toxic sludge rolled off of my shoulders and I was overwhelmed with the love of God I didn't know what to do with it all it was just i never felt anything like it and I nearest words I can use is I fell in love with Jesus that day and I started living life with him and going forward in him. And kind of at that point, I would say my life was, you know, I'm headed towards the cross, I'm, I'm moving towards Jesus, and everything, it was making my life so much better. Like just believing in him, knowing his love, that made, made it better. When I learned about how to read the Bible, how to pray, my life got better than it was before. And kind of every step I took made my life a little bit better than it had been before. And I kind of, if I'm honest, I thought that's the way it would always be. Just a steady set of arrows up and to the right. And that God would spray this little Teflon coating on me that the hardships that come to most people would just kind of not stick to me. And life would be perfect. And that's what it meant to be loved by God. But it didn't take long to learn that's not really how it works. You know, that that isn't the full story. It's part of the story that life is better with God than it is without Him. But you know, I went to Africa as a missionary in my early 20s. And I get over there and I'm in intense... I'm experiencing a lot of loneliness... 8,000 miles from everybody I've ever known every place that's ever been familiar to me and then I start getting all these letters from my friends who are dropping like flies getting married one after the other and I'm like Lord what up with me and here I am trying to do your work I'd love, love, some, I'd love a soulmate. mate I come back after being a missionary and I'm here and I think surely now it'll happen but it doesn't and I'm like that time it gets the line doesn't seem so straight it starts kind of feeling squiggly It's like, okay, this isn't all arrows up and to the right. Um, I don't quite understand this. I'm still in with you, Jesus, but this is hard. You know, it felt initially like it was tailwind, kind of making life better. And then at this point, it's like, wow, this is headwind. Following you is heavy, it's hard, and I'm doing it with gritted teeth sometimes. And uh, anybody ever lived through some squiggly lines? Yeah. And honestly, it's not this antiseptically separate. A lot of times we've got a straight line and squigglies going on at the same time. It may be great at work and hard at home and so forth. But, you know, I go on from there. God brings me this amazing woman into my life. And, you know, it was not wasted, that squiggly line time. We talked to each other about this real honestly. We both said, if I had met you two or three years earlier, I probably wouldn't have been attracted to you. This probably wouldn't have happened. But I was having my squiggly season of struggle. And wrestling with God. She was having hers for a whole different set of reasons. And God used that. And then a new chapter starts. And a lot of new beginnings. Marriage. Ministry as a pastor. Beginning with kids. And a lot of new beginnings. And it's kind of feeling like life's moving on. Kind of the way I thought it would be as a believer. Get ready to take my congregation on a mission trip to Africa. The night before we get on the plane. Your dad's just had a stroke. He's not going to live another day get on the airplane, come home, go home, bury my dad, get back. Mom's tipped over into alcoholism and just this whole kind of the epicenter of my world, just kind of like somebody put it in a box and just shook it real hard. And the pieces just settle down and you can't quite figure out what's going on. Angie, your story is beautiful about the squiggly times and the times when, and it's all mixed together sometimes when you both know it's right to be following the Lord, but sometimes it's like, the benefits of following the Lord sometimes, that's what you feel most of all. Other times you feel the squiggles most, right? Psalm 128 is going to help you. What we're going to talk about today is going to help you most in those kind of straight line times. Or are you going to say, in those straight, light times, straight line times, that's the way I feel. All of these good things that come into my life because of the Lord. Next week, so I'm calling this week, Faith When It Makes Sense. Next week, we're going to talk about the squiggly lines in Psalm 129, and we call it faith when it doesn't make sense. When you're doing everything you know to follow the Lord, and it's just not really working. You didn't start worshiping Satan. You didn't start doing drugs or join ISIS. You're still just minding your own business trying to follow God, and yet it seems like your world, hell kind of explodes into your world. And life includes both of those as part of the blessed life i'm going to read both the psalms even though i'm just preaching on the first one this week i want to read both of them so you hear kind of the difference in tone and texture okay psalm 128 blessed are all who fear the lord who walk in obedience to him you will eat the fruit of your labor blessings and prosperity will be yours your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Let me read the next one. Psalm 129. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, let Israel say. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth. But they have not gained victory over me. Plowmen have plowed my back and made their furrows long. But the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof which withers before it can grow. A reaper cannot fill his hands with it, nor the one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say to them, The blessing of the Lord be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord." Can you hear how different those are? Do you think they're written by different people? I doubt it. I think one, they, they wrote in a season of their life that felt like that. Same person had the other experience, the squiggly, and wrote one, 129. You know, I have a, this image. of Let's say we're that group of people caravanning, walking along to Jerusalem for one of the three annual feasts. And somebody, Tabitha says, hey, we're going to sing Psalm 128. That's a song, and half of us would hear it, and we would start high-fiving each other, and go, that is the way it is. The blessings of God, you know, in this area, in that area, in the other, and I'm feeling it, and I'm seeing it in my life. But the other half of us, it wouldn't be until she said, hey, let's sing Psalm 129, that we'd start saying, boy, I'm so glad that's in the Bible, because that's how my life feels right now. It's not all lining up, and it feels like kind of a squiggly path. Lord, help me. To get through this season as well. I'm glad both kinds of scriptures are in the Bible. Because both kinds of life are in my life and in your life. And I want to learn from God how to do both of them. Okay? Alright, so let's dig into Psalm 128. And the first thing I want to say. call called faith when it makes sense. Is faith makes sense because it works. And what I mean by that is life does tend to be better when you do it God's way than when you don't. Our relationships tend to go better when we treat people the way Jesus wants them treated. Even other circumstances of our lives. Um, I was talking to a guy right at the end of the previous service and he was talking about years and years of his life spent an addiction. And somebody came to him and said, you got to get back to church. And it was as simple as that. He, he, and he started getting back Into alignment with God and kind of the the issues began to straighten out over time. His life went better when he did it God's way than when he doesn't. I mean, he said before I was doing that, it's like you get a loaded 44 every morning and blow off a new toe. Because I'm dancing with the devil and it is not working. Okay, verse 1. So faith makes sense because it works. Verse 1, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. The word fear in the, New Test- uh, in the Old Testament when you read it is more akin to our word reverence than it is what you and I think of, a fear of I'm, I'm afraid he's going to whack me or something. It's reverence. Who do you think is worth enough that you will orient your life around them? And it says blessed is the one who thinks that, who orients around the Lord. And that word blessed, it can mean as, as light a thing, as just happy Happy is the one, but it also means the one who finds their deepest fulfillment in God. And sometimes it manifests in our circumstances. You know, God is bringing pieces together just the way I I really needed help in this, and I saw it come. Other times it's internal. Maybe my life is extremely difficult, but still God is supplying what I need on the inside so he can get me through it. Sometimes God delivers us from hard things. Sometimes he delivers us through hard things. But when he is there, we feel the benefit of it. The Jews at the time that the Old Testament written was written, they were the only monotheists on the planet. Only people who worshipped a single god. But their God wasn't just different than what other people were worshipping in that he was one while other people were worshipping many. He was completely different in his character. The, the gods of the nations w- weren't just bigger than we are. They were bigger than we are in the people's belief, but they were not better than we are. Some of the surrounding peoples around the Jews, they said that worship happens by you take one of your children and you throw them in the fire. To show that you love God. Worship happens when you slash yourselves with swords until blood flows. Because you're showing that you're bought in. Or worship happens when you go to the temple of, of whoever it is. And you get wildly drunk and have sex with the temple prostitutes. To try and generate some type of ecstatic experience. And that's what it looks like. And the God of Israel was completely different than that. Perfect love. Perfect faithfulness. Forgiveness, he was completely different. And so when the Jews said, blessed is the one who orients around this God, they meant it because they'd seen the consequences of doing it the other ways and the people around them. Verse 2, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. When they say fruit of your labor, they meant it literally. These were agricultural people. And they'd had many seasons when they were far from God, when they would go out and plant the seeds and hoe the ground and pull the weeds and everything, only to have a conquering nation come in and take all the fruit of their labor away from them. But what they found is that when we walked with God, God's protective hand tended to protect them from a lot of those things, and we actually got to eat it. When you see prosperity... Uh, Sometimes our minds, because of the the era we live in, is thinking about the televangelist who says that God wants you to have a Winnebago and a business jet, you know, kind of the prosperity gospel. That's not what they thought. What they thought is, my children can eat. We'll be able to eat this year because God provides and He is faithful and He is good. In the material sense. There's a phenomenon that missionaries have seen. When they go into cultures. Where there isn't an active worship of Jesus going on. And they find people who decide to follow Jesus. And that phenomenon they've observed. It's called lift. L-I-F-T. And what they found is that the people who engaged in following Jesus. Tended to have social economic lift. And then they went through and they said, well, why is that? And they go, they said, these folks, now they do their jobs honestly. Whether their boss is watching or not. And the boss says, I can trust you with the cash register, can't I? These guys, they're not beating their wives or beating their children. They're not... um, They expect to work hard. They want to do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. They're not bringing turmoil into their house by getting the paycheck on Friday and drinking it away by Saturday morning or gambling it away or all of these things that they were doing before. And as God's ways begin to govern more of their lives, that changes. And it really does. There is this thing called lift where God meets our needs. That's been observed In mission fields, life does tend to get better when we do it his way because we're really good at blowing off toes when we try to do it our way, which is really inefficient. Verse 3, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. basic idea is that the blessing of God isn't just extra. It's not just your crops that they're going to grow or you're going to get a paycheck. It actually the blessing of God comes into your inner relationships. Those relationships that matter most. Whether you're married and sing, or single kids or no kids. Those relationships that are primary to you. When you treat those people the way Jesus wants them treated, would want them treated, those relationships tend to go better. Um, you know, it's... I just thought of this as I was walking across the bridge, but if I um, am going to interact with Doug... And kind of before I do, I'm kind of like, hey, Lord, is this okay, the way I'm going to treat him today? You're going to get a pretty good deal out of that if it's kind of got to get filtered there before it gets there. When I do weddings, I see you guys, Mark and Pearlie over here, whose wedding I did a few months ago. I love to talk about um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. And what I tell people is, guys, you may think I'm saying that because I'm a preacher and I have to. I am telling you that because I'm a husband and this works. If you want your house, your marriage, you got two sinners making a forever promise to each other. How in the world are you going to keep it if you don't get some wisdom from the guy who knows how to make a forever promise and actually follow through? And it tends to go better when you do relationships God's way. Verse 4, yes, this will be the blessing of the man who fears the Lord. It's just kind of a general statement. that It's kind of saying, generally speaking, I see that my life is a lot better off when I do it his way than when I don't. I bought a Toyota Prius, used 2007 Toyota Prius, and I opened the glove box when I bought it, and inside the glove box was this magical book called The Owner's Manual. And it said, if you put this oil in at this interval if you put this kind of gas and put it through this set of maintenance, your Prius will tend to run better. And it's got 105,000 miles on it and it still gets 45 miles a gallon. I love my car. The guy I looked at in the mirror this morning and the one that you looked in the mirror this morning at also came with an owner's manual. Just like the Toyota. The Toyota manual worked because it was made by the guy who made the car. This guy who made you and me, he's like, I've seen a lot of people come and go. I know what tends to make life work and I know what tends to make life get blown to pieces. Do it my way. It'll work better, I promise you. It's like telling your kid, don't slam your thumb with the hammer. I've done, I know how that feels. You're not going to like it. Or the wet paint sign. Don't. Well, How do you know if you don't touch it? You know, but it's kind of like the, we don't have to make every mistake in the world. To discover it's bad. Because God can pre-warn us on a lot of things. Verse 5. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. See for these people thousands of years ago. Jerusalem was where their relationship with God got fueled. Because three times a year they had to go there. They didn't have a Bible that they could take back with them to their villages. They didn't have a temple in in hometown they had to go to Jerusalem to do it so when they prayed Lord pray for the peace and prosperity of Jerusalem they were praying for the continuity of what connected them to God that process that's how they experienced God got guidance from God and all that we don't go to Jerusalem you and I we worship in different ways but I would say the same point is well taken pray for the continuity of whatever it is that connects you to God. You need to become the world's foremost expert on what draws you near to Him. And if we're 350 people, 300 in here, there would be 350 different answers, really. I mean, there'd be overlap, but what makes helps you draw close might be quite different than than the things that are really working for me. But you, that is holy ground and you, and you preserve it at all costs. What is it that helps me get close to him so that, these, so that his perspective, his ways can flood into me? And verse 6, may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. The folks who walk after the ways of the Lord, there tends to be a spiritual downline of blessing to other people. Generations. Maybe they're biological children. Maybe they're spiritual children. All of us have children of one kind or another. We have influence. But those who do life God's way, that influence to the generations, it tends to be a good one. It tends to be to the good and not to the bad. Do you remember when um, Janet arranged, I don't remember who was preaching, but you had five women up front. Starting with Marion Robbins who's 70s or 80s. And then Janet, and then stair-stepped down from Marion, who's 80, to a middle schooler. And Marion stood over here and she said, I want to tell you about a woman who built in my life, who now lives in heaven, but I want to tell you this is what she did for me. Then Janet says, I want to tell you what Marion did in my life and the way that that blessed me. And then the next one, and then the next one. And then the middle schooler, so like five, six generations deep, out of this one set of relationships but that tends to happen when we follow the Lord. What we pass down I I got this friend who what her mom and dad did to her should not be done to anybody and she gets frustrated. There's a lot of work to overcome that inertia but I, I say to her friend don't get discouraged because for generations your family line has passed down ruination and from you Blessing is going to ensue to generations deep. So don't give up. Don't give up. So faith makes sense because it works. It works better than the alternative. Some of us have been Christians so long, we don't remember what it was like to be blowing off toes. And we're like, well, I still have problems And this. Of course I do. And we all have squiggly times. But we forget how much better this is than the alternative. And it works. But not only does it work, faith makes sense because it's true. Faith makes sense because it's true. I saw this bumper sticker a while back and it says, What if the Hokey Pokey really is what it's all about? And you kind of think about that. And you go, wow. Wow. Apart from God, you know the Hokey Pokey is as good as anything else. Maybe that is what it's all about. Apart from God, maybe it's about making money. Or maybe it's about being comfortable or about avoiding pain, or about seeking pleasure wherever I, wherever I can find it. But what we find in the Lord, what I find in the Lord, is that my life, whether I'm in a Psalm 28 time where I'm feeling the benefits of the Lord, or I'm in a Psalm 29 time where it's all squiggly, I know down to the core of my being that I have tied my life to the one who is true who made this universe, owns this universe, runs this universe, will be running eternity when I get there. Nobody can take that away from me. I can do everything else wrong in life, but I'm going to get that right. And it is true. There's a, a, uh, a little evangelistic brochure I saw one time, and on the front cover it says, He who dies with the most toys wins. And you got a picture of this guy with his watchboard abs and a cup of champagne and his beautiful hot babe next to him. And then you open to the next panel and it says, he who dies with the most toys is dead. (laughs) And it has this tombstone that says, rest in peace, the champ. And then you go to the next panel and it says, but one man died with no toys so that you could have eternal life that starts right now and lasts forever. we got a little reminder of who that man is right there. And when you're wired into him, when you say, you know what, whether it's a straight line or a squiggly line, that's the one I'm walking with. It's going to work better because it's actually true. It's not hokey pokey. It's not hocus pocus. It's actually true. There's a, uh, how many of you grew up with catechisms in your church tradition? It's a way of learning truth about God that usually is done in some churches about Um, teaching kids, but it's a question and answer format where you learn a certain, this is a big question, here's an answer. And the Westminster Shorter Catechism goes like this. The money question is the first one. It says, what is the chief end of man? What on earth are we here for? You know, what, why? What is it about existence? Why are we here? And the answer is to know God and enjoy him forever. doesn't say you have to be a pastor. doesn't say you have to be a plumber. It doesn't say you have to do a lot of other things. doesn't say you have to be married or single. But it does say the chief end, the one thing I want to make sure I don't miss, is to love God and enjoy Him forever. And when we do that, it works better because it's actually true. It's actually true. The last thing I want to say about this is God is good. Life works better with Him. Then without him, it is true. But how do I experience that more often in my life? And the, the thing I want to say is press through till you touch. How many of you recognize that painting? It's in the Sistine Chapel in Rome, and it's a picture of the hand of God, depicting the hand of God coming down to the hand of Adam. And, and when they touch, life flows from God into man, into Adam. And I like it because, it, to me, it seems like the central transaction in my faith is when, I'm, when that touch happens, when something transfers from his hand to mine, from his heart to my heart, I can do straight lines, I can do squiggly lines, I can do up and down lines. But that touch is so important. I am an avid and very unskilled do-it-yourselfer. If I can save some money, I will try, unless it's super-duper complicated. So the battery on my Prius died, and so some said battery change. This train monkey can do that. So I go out and buy the battery. At Napa Auto Parts, I come back. I open the, the hood. There's no battery there. So I get on YouTube and say, where in the heck is a Prius battery? It turns out it's in the trunk, up on the side, up under wires and beams and everything else. So, you know, I slam my fingers, I do everything, but I am stubborn, so I got it in there, I close it up, push the button, and the car starts. So I'm driving around, the next day, I push the button, and nothing happens. I get out, I kick the car, I get back in, push the button, and it starts. Drive a little further, and it stops. So eventually we just had to take it to the garage. and they said, Mr. Pierce, your battery is fine. Because I'm cursing Toyota, I'm cursing Napa Auto Parts for selling rubbish batteries and rubbish cars. And So your battery's fine. You just didn't connect it. You just kind of got the cable sitting on top there, and when you hit a bump, that bumps it the right way, it runs. When you hit a bump, it bumps it the wrong way, it stops. And what I've often found for me, and my wife and I talk about this, is oftentimes when I'm not experiencing the benefits the cable's not actually touching. God's not broken. But I'm not really kind of reaching out to where a touch actually happens. I'm kind of going through the motions. I go to church. You know, I I may wave at God, you know, (laughs) but I'm not actually pressing through till something moves from Him to me. And when something moves from Him to me, I can walk through fire. Um, But, when you're feeling dry and stuff, say, am I pressing through? You, we can't manufacture this. And there's some seasons where no matter how hard you, you press, God's going to feel distant. Sometimes God uses that. But I want to make sure it's not just the cable is hooked up, that I'm not pressing through, and that's why it's feeling hard and it's feeling heavy. One of my favorite old-school hymns, not, not because of the tune, but because of the words, it's... Um, What a friend we have in Jesus. And it's this set of four lines that I keep coming back to. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Just the number of times that Christy and I go, man, we've been praying about this. Nothing's happened. God, you're making more squiggles. And then we say, actually, did we even pray about this? No, we've worried the heck out of it, but we never actually even prayed about it. I never saw it. There's a friend of mine named Ray. He's got muscular dystrophy, I think. It's something that interrupts the way his nerves work. He's in a wheelchair all the time. His enunciation is real difficult. And I, whenever I see him, I say, Ray, how are you doing? He goes, abundantly blessed. Because the touch has happened. You know, his life is just one big squiggle that the Lord's kind of straightening into a straight line for him. Because in his mind, he's abundantly blessed. So I'm going to ask you to do three things. First, I'm going to commission you to become the world's greatest expert on what create, helps foster that touch for you. I hope some of that happens right here when you come into God's house. I hope some of that touch happens for you. But I suspect there are other things. I mean, some people, that touch happens for My wife, boy, she listens to worship music. That's when it happens. Me, you put me on a bike, send me up a hill, and those squiggly lines start straightening out for me because I can just have some time with God. But I challenge you, I commission you to become the world's foremost expert on where that touch tends to happen for you and then steer hard into it. Steer hard into where that touch happens. Secondly, I want to just ask you to remember how good God is. Especially if you've been a Christian for a long time. Go back and and look at it through the eyes of somebody who's just fresh in with that first love of, Oh my gosh, this is so much better than what it was. So much better than living life apart from you. And third and last Some of you probably have never, if you really think about it, I've never actually put my foot on base about Jesus. And this is your day to say today. I want to take that step because I I think you're going to do a better job with my life than I'm doing. All I can color is squiggles. And this is your day. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that business with God as we pray. So would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we pray a prayer of thanksgiving that it is actually true that you are better at doing life than anybody else and when we do our lives your way they tend to be better and Lord even when our lives are just a bunch of squiggles when we're doing it with you we can get through and we can say with Ray I'm abundantly blessed Lord help us remember how good you are Lord remind us of where that touch tends to happen for us And Lord, for those of us who've never actually put our foot on base about saying, I I want to do life with Jesus. In this moment, Lord, we take time to take that step and to just formally and from our heart say, Jesus, I want you running the show. And I want your blessings and I want your power. And I want you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Peninsula Covenant Church Podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.